You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. Hey friends, this is episode 41 in the middle of a pandemic, super weird days. Hope you guys are doing okay. This episode is another conversation that I have with my dear friend Leanna Tankersley and here we're talking about surviving versus living. How do we know when we're just surviving our lives rather than actually living our lives. Hope that encourages you. Hello, my dear friend, Elaine. Um, We are back in action today. Mm -hmm. And um, what we're going to talk about today is um, I'm excited about. I think that this is something that most people can relate to in their lives. And so let's just jump right in. Um, you told me a couple days ago that you were in bed, lying down and something kind of came to you, arrived, a phrase arrived. So why don't you tell the story? Let's start there. Okay. So my husband, Ken passed away April 11th last year. Um, and a few days before that, April, April the 8th, our daughter's twins were born. And then April the 10th is my birthday. So we just were approaching this, that week um, in the middle of a pandemic, having had to cancel all the things that we were going to do to try to like rescue, restore, celebrate these important days in the life of our family. And, and then not being able to do any of them, not being able to be together, um, not being able to celebrate the babies, not being able to... Um, celebrate Ken's life. We had planned this run that a bunch of people had signed up for. We were going to do, you know, running from the beach, like a, like a marathon to a half marathon to a, like a 5k, but just join whatever you want. So we had this whole big thing planned that we were going to do. And then obviously had to cancel all of that. So we were feeling pretty grim going into it and, um, you know, did a bunch of zoom things, you know, you spent about half of your week with my family last week because we didn't <laughs> see your face for every important day. Um, so it was just really different. And uh, the night before the 11th, which is my birthday, um, I, I was just lying down and I, I really had, would, was dreading the whole week and worried about my kids. Like, what was this going to be like for them to go through this? And um, really desperately wanted to be... Um, together but um just as i was lying down um this this phrase came to me um you made it through a terrible year now it's time to get back to living and i I remember feeling like sort of shocked at the thought it's like wow it's interesting that i would think that right now like i don't know exactly where that came from or why it's showing up right now it's like tomorrow's tomorrow's the day like tomorrow's the day that we lost Ken a year ago. And like, why, why would that be happening? But at the same time, I felt rescued by it. I, I felt like, yeah, Hmm. 
this last year um, of adjusting to life without him and all the things that that has required has really just been a mother, right? It's just been like, yeah, yep. Like, it's been so hard. And a lot of the hard parts are handled now in terms of like financial things and sorting out his company and my business and like all the things that had to be attended to because he left so abruptly. And so a part of me was just like, whoa, that's, that's, that's a big relief. Like, that's a big relief if that's what I'm supposed to be doing now. If I'm supposed to sort of close the chapter on the last terrible year and say goodbye to it and in some way try to say hello to the rest of my life, whatever that means, right? Like, I don't know exactly what that mm-hmm. means, but um, to try to shift from surviving um, into living and of course, I immediately was like, I got to talk to Leanna about this. Like, what is, what is she going to think this means? And what, what am I supposed to be doing with myself? I don't really know. So I was like really dying to talk to you about like, when you hear me say that, like, what do you think? Hmm. What do you think about that? Well, the first thing that I think is that um, <clears throat> it feels like an invitation And um, you said to me when you told me this, that you felt like it came from a source outside of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, I would just say, you know, certainly there have been um, lots of times in my life where like a thought has come or an idea has come and I'm just like, whoa, where did that come from? Because it didn't feel like what was going on in my head at the time, right? It felt sort of outside of me, whether, you know, and, and at different periods of my life, I've called that different things, whether that's God or the divine within or the deepest part of my soul or what, whatever you want to label that. I, I don't even think the label is important as this idea that, that we can depend on a part of us to show up, um, to have a deep knowing about some, about us, about things. And that when those moments happen, uh, they bring a lot of clarity and they bring, like you're saying, invitation. Like that's exactly what it felt like to me. It's, it feels like an invitation to something that um, I'm not sure how to pull off, but I also feel rescued by it. Um, that yeah, maybe it's time to let, let go or I can move forward from uh, just surviving this last year to um, a little more of like, oh, I'm going to create a life for myself now. Um, Yeah, I think there's just these times in life, there's these thresholds um, where we receive an invitation and it's it's like, it's time. And I don't think we need to know exactly what that looks like. But what I, when you told me that, I just felt like this is a really sacred invitation. And, you know, I think if I were to... um, tell you kind of how I've experienced you over the last year of grieving, that you have continually tried to sit in the space of surrendering to what is, right? Which is the process of grief. As we grieve, 
we're trying to come to terms with what has happened. You know, I think that's why the final stage of grief is acceptance. And I have seen this in my own life. And it's actually, I think about this all the time, but I feel like it's taken me longer than it has you. Like, I think you're better <laughs> at acceptance than I am. And um, in my own season of grief, I feel like it, it has taken me longer to come to a point of acceptance. But I see you over this last year. Okay, what's the next reality that I need to surrender to and accept that this is what's going on. This is what has happened. And so um, how do I need to open my hands to this moment and show up um, to the fact that this is, this is my new reality. And it's, it is such a process. And I think in some ways it's like, it's the cocoon of grief. And we finally have to just surrender to it and say, I'm going to be in this cocoon and it's going to be hard and it's going to be small and, and tight in a lot of ways. And then at some point, and I don't think we have complete control over it, we get invited to emerge a little bit. And I think what's hard is that, I think for some of us, we feel guilty about that. We get kind of um, in a relationship with our sadness and we feel guilty about saying, oh, I, I might be able to emerge a little bit, or it might be time to emerge from the cocoon a little bit or the sadness a little bit. And um, we feel guilty about that. And so I think sometimes we do need like a tap on the shoulder mm -hmm. from an outside source or from something deep within us that says, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You've done this really hard, deep work and it's okay to step into um, the light a little bit more now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you just said. I wrote it down because it's a tap on his shoulder. I'm like, yes, that is what it felt like. It felt like um, a little bit like, hey, hey, we're not, we don't have to do this like this forever. It's not going to be like this forever. Um, like we're going to move forward. Absolutely. We have to move forward into something new. And certainly I don't see it at all as like a light switch. Like I did a year of grief and now that's over. And now I'm just going to, you know, lollygag into my future. I, you know, you know, I think there's just still going to be always moments of grieving, like particularly special moments for my kids that, that Ken is not going to be every birthday, every birthday for yeah. those babies. It's like, he's not here it's always going to be colored by the grief of the loss of him and <clears throat> so I don't I don't see that as a light switch but it did feel like it did feel like a clear invitation of like let's let's move let's move along in this process it's time to move to a next stage to a next iteration yes of how big how much room the grief is taking up how how much space, how much energy the tasks of recovering from this emotionally, financially, all the things, like how much, how much energy we have to give to that. It's, it's, it's time to give less energy to that. So that, that really did feel very rescuing from a small tight place. Yes, because um, often we can't give ourselves permission or we don't know it's time in and of ourselves or we, we, are, we don't have perspective enough yet. And we need that tap on the shoulder to say, um, hey, just a thought, just a thought here, but it might be time. It might be time to um, 
step into the next moment of this, or like you said, the next season of this. And I completely agree. It's never, it's not a light switch and it's never over, but um, you can feel incrementally your capacity begin to return. Mm-hmm. And I think we need permission sometimes to step into that mm-hmm. and, and someone to say, it's okay. It's okay to um, expand a little bit and find some joy in new things and to get your hands back in your life. And um, it's okay. It's okay for you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, then the task is like, how do you do that? And because it's not a light switch, because it's incremental and it's, um, it's what's, it's the work of each day, right? Like to move from surviving to living. I, I thought it might be helpful to sort of figure out like, what is, what does it look like? What does surviving look like versus what living looks like? So how do we know when we're, when we're, we're shifting back into like just surviving? Because I think change is always like that, right? Like you move forward a little bit, then you move back a little bit, forward a little bit. And hopefully over time, the trajectory is super positive and it's moving um, to a healthier place or a better place or whatever you want to call that. But how do we know what surviving looks like versus what living looks like. Yeah, that's, a, that's good. I think um, the first thing that comes to, to mind for me is that when I'm in survival mode, I'm almost exclusively up in my head. I'm trying to fix things, think through things, come up with strategies and solutions. Um, and then when I am actually living, I'm much more in the flow and I am, my whole self is open instead of just everything from my neck down, shut down, and I'm up here trying to quote unquote, figure it out, solve the problem, um, and just kind of get through it and get to the end of the day and try to figure out what's the best strategy or solution to fix whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And that to me is when I'm in survival mode. Everything below my neck is just turned off. And I'm just trying to think my way through everything. And then when I'm actually living, I can tolerate the flow and I can step into it. And I I was thinking about this, Elaine. Um, You know, we, of course, we're talking a lot about beginning again. That's the theme of the podcast and really the theme of both of our lives right now. And I go back to this idea that um, to begin, the word begin means to open or open up. And I wonder if that's the invitation for you right now. And that's the invitation to living is that in the places where we want to contract and be tight and small and self-protected, defended, is the invitation from surviving to living when when we choose to open our posture, open our hearts, open our eyes to, um, to life mm-hmm. and to these invitations. I mean, even just opening our hands and saying, that's interesting that this invitation is in front of me and I'm going to be open to it. I'm going to be open to what might come as a result of considering what living would be. So for me, surviving is fixing and solving and living is being open. It's opening up to possibilities and opportunities. And it's so weird how when we do that, things come our way. Mm. Yeah, I love love what you're saying because I so relate to that because 
I can think of like so many moments over the last year when, <clears throat> when people want to, they'll be like, like, how are you doing? And I just want to say, I don't effing have time to think about how I'm doing. I have <laughs> five things to do today, right? I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm angry when, <clears throat> not always, obviously, but like sometimes I, I, I remember feeling irritated that people want me to stop doing all the tasks that I have to do and check in with myself. And they're trying to check in with me and like, how are you doing? I don't have time for that question. I don't have time for that question. <laughs> I'm like, I'm living in my head and please get out of my way because every everything is banging on the door right like so many things have to get taken care of and you don't understand right like i could i can hear the whole rant in my head about like you just don't understand what has to be handled <clears throat> and the irritation that i felt when um when some people have said like you know let's talk about how you're doing and and that has really shifted as time has gone on in the last certainly the last couple of months i feel that there's much more room and there's much more, I can really engage with that question better now because the intensity is lower and I can feel that sort of like that moving from my head to the rest of me a little bit. And allowing yourself to open up to um, what might be beyond frustration, anger, and um, you know, I don't have time. I, don't, I can't, I can't even access any of this from the neck down, you know, I just can't. And I also just want to stop and say that to judge ourselves when we're in that place is also not helpful, you know, or to look back and say, oh, Elaine, if you were only more evolved in your grief, you could have been uh, managing that better. Or, I mean, that's just a waste of time and it's not true. So we have to be where we are and your own anger and frustration. And there's times where we we're in survival mode because we're, we can only survive and it's, it's okay. Like that's what, that's, that's okay. That's normal. But I think what we're talking about and what you're saying is that when you get that tap on the shoulder, like perhaps it's time to walk out of survival mode, a couple of steps that we don't just choose to stay in our head and we don't just choose to say, I'm going to shut that down. You know, if we have the capacity and we're receiving that invitation, might we be able to open up a bit and say, huh, this is interesting. What might this mean? Yeah. But I think I just want to emphasize that we don't look back at ourselves and say we were doing a poor job at grieving. I mean, it, it's just, it's what it is. Right. Yeah. And some of that, like being in our head stuff has gotten us to the place where we can't, we, there is space to, to sink down, you know, right? Like, I'm grateful that I had that push because now so many things are handled and I don't, they're not still hanging over my head. They're not, somebody's not waiting. A tax guy isn't waiting for this and a lawyer isn't waiting for that. It's like that all of that stuff is handled, you know, in the same way, like you got you and your kids across the country, you got yourself into a beautiful home. You've got yourself settled kids in great schools and creating a new normal for yourself. Like, uh, you know, th that is the gift that comes in the push is like you took care of business and it had to be taken care of. Yeah. And, and now the invitation is saying, oh, there's, there's, there's other, there's, there's more on the other side of that too. Yeah. And perhaps um, we could take a break from fixing and doing and we could sink into more of desire and um, 
yeah, openness to what might be coming in this next season, you know, desire, reflection, uh, connectedness with ourselves, where it's, it's almost like we're a thousand raw nerve endings for a while there. And to connect to all that is just, it, it like, it, it hurts, you know? And so, yeah, you're, you're working hard to get through things and to handle logistics and all that, but there needs to come a time where some of that quiets and we allow it to, and we drop down into a deeper space and we think, okay, okay, now that this is what has happened. And now that I'm through like the red hotness of some of it, how do I want to be feeling now? And what do I want to be doing now? And who am I now? I, I think about one of the episodes that we recorded a while ago, and um, I think it was titled Life After Loss, You're Still You. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing to return to, Elaine, like, because you are, you're still you. And so you've gone through this year of red hotness, red hot grief, and the logistics that are just, were never ending. And perhaps now there's a chance to say, huh, if I'm still me, what does that mean? And what do I need to tap back into? And what new parts of me need to emerge and come to the forefront? Yeah, I think what what comes a little more online is the creativity, right? Like, um, and certainly there have been creative things that have happened along the way in the last year, but there's also been a lot of like dead space too, it felt like, like, like especially during this pandemic, right? I'm sitting here by myself. I'm like, I have all the time in the world to create some really cool things, but I don't have the, I don't have the energy or the, there's just not, there's not enough going on in my head that's interesting. There's not enough inspiration, maybe is a better way to say that. There's not enough inspiration to get rolling on something. And so I think that's part of what moving from surviving to living will look like is that more of that comes online for me and um, I'm able to, I'm just able to access the creative parts of myself that, that I have had sort of only incremental um, access to in the last year and a half or so. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think also when you add the layer of the pandemic on top of it, one thing that I've noticed in myself, and I, I, this has been confirmed with other people, is it's very hard to focus. You know, like our focus, our mind is in a lot of different places, even if we don't realize it. And so it's very hard to focus. So it's a hard time right now to be thinking about being highly productive and starting new things. But that being said, I think that specifically for you, when you feel this generative part of you, which I can attest to is a very real part of you, but it's a part of all of us, maybe in different expressions, this generative part of us, um, when it comes back online, I think that is always uh, just a really good sign. I think for me, my ability to tolerate I call it the flow, but it's sort of just to be able to tolerate how life is unfolding and be okay with it, you know, instead of like constantly needing to fix and solve. If, if I have an idea and it doesn't really go how I thought it was going to, just kind of surrender and say, okay, well, that's all right. We'll try something else. Or um, that isn't, that isn't, it's not the time for that yet. And to be able to move in the flow instead of um, like getting in lockdown, um, that for me is when I know I'm just, I'm in a more of a 
a live space instead of just a headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if if you and I are a little different in this one way. Like one of the things that I'm noticing is that the more disconnected I am from others, the more disconnected I am from myself. So um, it's much harder for me to come up with creative thoughts if I don't have somebody to bang them against or if I if I haven't had the um, the boost of the energy that comes from conversation like just regular conversation with people is very energizing for me and because I Mm -hmm. haven't had much of that just noticing that the more disconnected I am from others the more disconnected I am from myself do you feel that too how is that for you yeah I don't feel like I um well, let's be clear. I have a like a houseful of rambunctious children. So I have a lot of um, contact throughout my day, right? So there are times where I notice, especially since becoming a mom, I need more introvert. I am definitely an extrovert, but I need more introversion time than I ever have in my life because I have a lot of stimulation in my house with the dog and three kids that talk constantly and simultaneously. But what I have noticed, this is what I have noticed, is that um, when I am surviving, I am in a place of contact with other people. Contact, 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 contact. And when I am living, I am connected to people. And I have the capacity to connect. And so I think that's another kind of marker on our road is, are we just kind of like bouncing off each other. And yeah, I have contact, but it's not meaningful. It's not um, vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, you're in that place in your head where it's like, I just don't, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity. And we, we might be, you know, interacting with people, but it's on a very contact level versus this dropping down into um, slowing down and being able to really connect um, with other people. And I do need that. I do need that. And if I go too long with too much contact only, um, it's not, that does not put me in a good space. Yeah. It's interesting to notice the difference between yesterday and today. Like yesterday I had a lot of, con- of connection with people. Um, I, I, I had a Zoom date with our friends, Adi and Laura last night. And of course, we, you know, deep souls and it like just right into the deep end from hello, right? And and I just felt like, oh, I know I know who I am now. I know, you know, just like that experience is so grounding for me of like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now we know who we are, we know what we're doing. And I wake up feeling much more grounded and in touch with myself after kind yeah. of like that. It makes a big difference for me. Yeah, it's like you. It's like, oh, there you are. I've, I've, I'm, I've been seen. Yeah, I think what helps me is um, in that it is, I can just, I can think that I'm doing things wrong, or I can question myself a lot, and I rely on the people around me in my life to be like, uh, no, you're, you're fine. You're doing just fine. No, that's right. Um, to kind of, you know, help me remember that my intuition is not as far off as sometimes I think it is. Um, I need that reassurance. And if I don't get, if I don't, um, if I don't experience that 
and reach out for that with people that I trust once in a while, I can get, I can get way off and far afield. <laughs> so that's helpful too. I think too, um, I, I always come back to this, but I think about our bodies too, you know, and um, I think when I'm surviving, I'm totally ignoring my body and I'm completely pushing past how my body actually feels. And when I'm living, I am able to um, be with my body in a, a, a better relationship and um, a more nourishing relationship and just an awareness, just an awareness instead of like totally overriding how my body's doing and feeling. It's still hard for me. I think part of that is like being a former athlete and everything. You're just so trained to push past your body's limits. And there's times where that serves me, but there's also times where I, I'm, it's like, um, please just stop, please stop and just breathe into these places in your back and shoulders that hurt. Please stop and open your hands, you know, just for five minutes and stop overriding the way your body is like trying to flag you down right now. So I think that's, that's part of the invitation too, is coming home to our bodies a little bit. Yeah. And children can teach us a lot about that, right? Because they, they just know, like, I got to move, I got to run around, I got to, right? Like they, they have a, they have a low tolerance for avoiding their bodies because they just think, right? And I think it's such a lesson about like, they're doing a lot of things right. Like they know, I, I sat here and I worked on my sheet for whatever amount of time and now I gotta run outside I just gotta run outside I gotta jump on the trampoline I gotta you know like maybe we all need that right we just like back and forth from working from task to playing Um, I don't know I will ever accomplish that but I do really admire children because they're able to do that like you guys are so much smarter than we are (laughs) well they they're their connection with their body hasn't been, um, they don't have as many messages layered over all that as we do. You know, it's a pure connection to their bodies, which is real. it is beautiful. It is beautiful. So I guess that's the, maybe that's the goal is to try to get back to some of that, to, to choose to listen when our bodies are trying to tell us what we need. Cause they know before any other part of us does what we need. And um, so I, I think that's the good news and the bad news. <laughs> So it sounds like you're saying that surviving looks like in your head, task, more disconnected from your body, contact with people, not necessarily connection, not a lot of creativity online, and then living, how we're talking about today is, of course, the opposite of that, like more, more connected to our bodies. There's more flow back and forth between our head and um, our emotions. There's connection between us and other people. Did I leave anything out? I don't think so. One thing I would add, and I I feel this in myself, is when I am in survival mode, I do not have um, the capacity or ability to tolerate uh, inspiration and beauty. It's just not online. Mm-hmm. And that's my oxygen, really, for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I can feel myself 
re-emerging when I'm looking for a book to read. I'm listening to a poem being read online. I am um, cooking something. I am stopping and, and seeing something in natural beauty and, it, and letting it, letting it like sink into my body and my being and my heart and allowing myself to be in that present moment and, and like letting the beauty in, even if that sends me into a bit of, it makes me teary or it um, makes me, you know, think about something that has nothing to do with the task for the moment, you know? And when I'm in this very rigid place, I don't have the capacity to tolerate a lot of inspiration and beauty. And I know I'm not doing well when I'm in that space because I need it. I need it so much. And when I allow myself the space and time to kind of take it all in, um, I'm better for it. Everyone around me is better for it. But I forget that in, in the light of efficiency. Let's get through this and let's get um, this day done and in the books, right? Yeah, like who cares about the sunset when you're in survival mode? We we can't even appreciate it, right? So, yeah, that's that's super helpful. Yeah, LT, this is all the stuff I needed to hear. I I needed some clarity about like what is the difference between what I've been doing and what I'm trying to move toward. And yeah, I think it's all of that. It's all of that. Yeah, and I think you're doing it. And I think going back to where we started. Sometimes the biggest thing with all of this is that someone somehow somewhere needed to give us the permission and say, it's okay to not be sad for the rest of your life. You're going to have sad days, um, but connection and inspiration and beauty and movement can coexist with the sadness and um, it's okay. It's okay to live. Yeah. So good. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions or comments you have, if there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is Soul Care House and Barn. Talk to you soon.